0: welcome to pickle me this the officially unofficial podcast for rick and morty on cartoon network's adult swim i'm your host jim and i'm aaron you can subscribe to the show on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts this week we're covering season five episode five of mordekin grafitti here's aaron with the recap
1: Rick takes Jerry out to Guy's night. Apparently, Rick owes some demons from hell big, and their greatest pleasure is experiencing pain. Jerry's constant cringe output keeps him at a level of orgasmic bliss. Soon, Beth tries to put a stop to this indirect bullying of Jerry, which eventually leads to three of them being drugged straight to hell. Meanwhile, Morty invites a new kid at school, Bruce Chutback, over to his house. The new kid doesn't know how lame the Smith kids are, so Morty and Summers sees this as a chance to get in on a ground floor cool opportunity an attempt to make the Chut cut, they show off Rick's car, which, of course, leads to multiple genocides. Will Beth and Rick be able to save Jerry from the clutches of sadomasochistic Hellspawn? Will Rick smell adventure on his car and freeze Morty and Summer's dicks in amber? Find out on this episode of Pickle Me This. All right, Jim, what did you think of a Mortykin Rick Feedy?
0: Uh, it was all right. It was all right. Probably better than last episode, but I wasn't like super impressed with this one. Even though, look, I'm a big Hellraiser fan. I'm I've I've seen several of those movies. Not all of them, because there are like ten of them, so so fuck me. But I thought they didn't do enough with the concept. Um I I kept expecting, I kept waiting for like, okay, yes, they feed on Jerry's cringe, that's funny, but also there's got to be one more layer to this, and there just wasn't so yeah I, I don't know. I came away from it going, oh that was good, but I was kind of looking for something a little bit more
1: yeah um i i I thought this was a return to form. I thought this was a it felt like a classic season two kind of mid season episode um I like. The ship stuff, the Rick ship stuff. I like the Hellraiser stuff. Maybe I guess I haven't thought as deeply about the ramifications, <laughs> but I just like the when when Rick said, "Yeah, I know your guys' stick." It's like you're like Oscar the Grouch. That just got the biggest laugh out of me because yeah. this this yeah, the like oh I, the exquisiteness of the pain. You don't know what it feels to have your flesh flint. It it is so fucking stupid because so what is yeah like then anything is it I don't know I just thought that stuff was really funny and like Rick's attempt to parrot it back and then his uh, pain inverter converter reverter or whatever <laughs> right that made the, the, the pain turn into actual real pain and the demons reaction to it I thought that was hilarious um, yeah it wasn't quite the twist you know. I was looking for but I, I, I do think that jokes were good uh, and
0: I, I liked you know all the chip back stuff that was hilarious it, it was really just like I—I I, I guess I'm looking for Rick and Morty to blow me away each week, which might not be fair, mm. but that they've kind of set a standard, right? Um, yeah. And if they can't live up to a week after week, I'm going to be slightly disappointed. Though, like I said, it was better than last week, and I, I definitely I enjoyed mean, it.
1: You know, if this episode didn't didn't jack the gym, then the, well, what are you going to do? Just it's, yeah. it's that it's sacred obligation and duty, so. I, uh, I I thought I thought it was real funny, and uh, again, I, I just thought the the demons from hell stuff was funny. I've never heard that kind of sci fi contradiction blown up before, and uh, it was really funny. Plus, the designs on those guys were fucking a plus yeah. plus plus. I love the designs on uh,
0: Rick and Beth when they go into
1: Marlon guts. Mar yeah, Mar- Marlon guts and, and Dartboard and, and, face and, and, yeah. or something like that. That's but he assumes their names are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it's, I thought it's pretty good. And it. because it, I, I was starting to get worried last episode, like, geez, maybe they have lost the magic. But this stuff felt very Dan Harmon, felt very Justin Roiland, had some great Dan songs, which I think are always yeah. fun. Uh, the highlight of many a Harmon town. Um, so, yeah. What do you think we should just get into the episode? I think so. Let's talk about the Hellraiser plot first. Um I there's I, there's a lot going on with um Beth's horse doctor career. It seems like they're really centering that again, and I'm not sure why because that was kind of like a a throwaway jer- a, a, a joke in the the show's old canon that like Beth is kind of, you know, Essentially, dropped out of medical school to have summer, and so she couldn't be a full doctor. She's a horse doctor. Um, hmm. but I, I, do you think it's, do you think they're going anywhere with that? The fact that we've, they've, they've really centered her employment back into the center of the show's consciousness. Maybe, I don't know. That's not, centered the word centered in my vocabulary. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> speaking of cringe, I was really floundering there.
0: Yeah, that's alright. I, I don't know, I thought it was funny uh, a couple of the horse jokes. You know, it's, uh, horses don't take long to give birth once they go into labor, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the idea that, you know, you could play what was it, Barry White over the Barry White, yeah, PA. over r- racetrack speakers. Just it's yeah. love is in the air. And then just, I, I can imagine, like, they didn't even need to draw that scene, right? The the uh-uh. words that they use
1: paint a picture in my mind. Yeah. Um, But uh, I also thought um, the design of the scene about it's like the way they like dark chuckle and like would glow with like purple energy. I thought that was really funny. And there's like this comedy of threes thing where it's like uh, Jerry rolls up and makes an ironic joke. Well, a sincere joke about his wardrobe. They have a light chuckle, light glow. And as he gets more and more cringy, they like laugh harder and glow harder. I thought that stuff was just really funny until it finally led up to him sticking his head out after he ducked in to give Rick an example. A Rick opportunity to bring us in on the joke and says, "Hey guys, guess what? They got the entire Smash Mouth catalog." Uh-huh. And the like they huge uproarious hysterical purple laughing. Um so <laughs> here's the thing, I love when the show takes pot shots and and we we've talked about it. sometimes it, it hits close to mark. Um I don't actually like Smash Mouth that much. I think they're, <laughs> that you know, all stars. All stars fun, right? No, no one no one yeah. hate, hates that song, right? Uh, but why, why single out Smash Mouth fans like if you're Smash Mouth at I mean, home I think this would be hilarious if I was Smash Mouth but like if you're Smash Mouth you gotta feel like god where I was just sitting here eating Cheetos on my couch and you come at me Rick and Morty I, I guess because they didn't think of Fred Durst I don't know I don't know man
0: <laughs> uh, yeah there's a lot of bands you could take shots at I think they, the band they did take a shot at was pretty good with the song yeah. he does sing, oh yeah,
1: that one. <laughs> Oh my God! The see, I feel like that's worth the worth the price of admission. This episode alone, he the concept right. of any of, of like being in a karaoke bar mm-hmm. and that fucking song starting up, and being like, you'd, you'd mean they look up and think that's the biggest douchebag I've ever seen. Like mm-hmm. it's either a drunk asshole. Uh, someone is trying to be ironically funny, but it's like there's there's no way. I don't know what kind of fucking charisma. no, that joke you would too have long. to have to pull that off, yeah, right? oh, it goes on and on forever, <laughs> like like if you could like tell the karaoke guy, okay, okay, time out. I just wanted the first thirty seconds, Okay, play my real one, but like to do the whole fucking thing, yeah. but the next level thing, I guess the thing that you were expecting to do the Hellraiser that did with the song, oh, yeah, was have it be an unironic like montage music to. Like uh, Ferris Bueller style hijinks, uh, intergalactic hijinks yeah, with Rick yeah. and Morty
0: and the Joyride right, no, from the
1: the title Joyride
0: uh Mortykin Greekfidi. Greekfidi, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that was. I didn't just, know those were the lyrics. I I didn't know the song had lyrics other than oh yeah. Same, because I've only think I think I've only ever heard it in Ferris Bueller's Day Off
1: but Oh, I've seen, I heard it in lots of like eighties and nineties stuff, but yeah, it's always just, Oh yeah. And bow chicka. Wow. You know, right, the right. it's
0: the thing that everybody uh, knows about it, but apparently it does have lyrics. I was looking at the Wikipedia article for this. Oh, and those are the lyrics, by the way, like, You know, you looked those up before the show and told me those were the
1: lyrics. I'm like, fuck you. No way. (laughs) No, we had a series of mind blowers where I said, I yeah, it's like that was hilarious. And it's like, plus, who knew it had lyrics about the moon and the sun? He's like, oh, no, those are fake Jerry lyrics. Like, you know, Beth was making fun of him. And I'm like, oh, my God, they might be. Because how the hell do I not know this? And then that led us to Wikipedia. (laughs) And what did we discover, Joe?
0: Yeah, you looked it up. Those are, in fact, the lyrics. He's not making those up or mistaking those. Then I looked at the production notes on this song in wikipedia and it is wild man i so i guess these guys have to be like german or something i mean their fucking names are dieter and stuff so yeah dieter i
1: think is the guy's name that wrote this
0: that's (laughs) fucking german af right uh and boris blank so like they're probably not uh native english speakers but this is Mm. let me just read the production notes to you it's one paragraph please all right, describing the composition of Oh yeah. Blank said, first I did the music and then I invited Dieter to sing along and he came up with some lines which I thought, no Dieter, it's too complicated. We don't need that many lyrics." I had the idea of just No, no
1: Dieter, <laughs> Dieter, no, no. Dieter, no Dieter lyric. Uh,
0: I had the idea of this just this guy, a fat little monster sits there very relaxed and says, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." So I told him, "Why don't you just try <laughs> to sing on and on, "Oh yeah." Dieter was very angry when I told him this and he said, are you crazy all the time? Oh, yeah. Are you crazy? I can't do this. No, no. Come on. Come on. And then he said some lyrics like the moon. Beautiful. Is this too much? And I said, no, it's okay." (laughs) And then he did this. Oh, yeah. And at the end, he thought, yeah, it's nice. He loved it himself also. And also, I wanted to install lots of human noises, all kind of phonetic rhythms with my mouth which is the chicka chicka part. Mm hmm. Yeah. It's it's wild, man. I like that's barely an intelligible paragraph, but it kind of describes exactly how you think the process of making this song
1: would go. Yeah. Um, so (laughs) let's talk about the theme of this section of the the episode. oh, Oh yeah. Try to stay away from. Oh yeah. um, I, there's something that the the demon says when they they drag Jerry to hell. Um, that cringe in a vacuum is nothing, which is true. Like if you have if the if the planet had one person on it, there could be no cringe because what is he going to do? Sure. Like pick his butt and smell it? Well, I mean, if because you're he, the
0: cringe comes like, from like the that,
1: artisty, right? The but if you're earnest, I thought the cringe comes from the lack of self-awareness of uh-huh. what you're doing is not cool. So like, yeah. there's no one to judge you. Then, you know, scratching your crack and sniffing it is is the best thing to do. It's the only thing to do. Like you're right. like what you're doing. Everything that person does is by definition normal mm-hmm. and cool. That's true. If you the second you add a, a, a person, that's like, what the hell are you doing? Scratching your ass and smelling it, you fucking smelly piece of shit. Then you got the cringe factor. Um, mm-hmm. and I thought that was a pretty astute observation. There was um I watched this like there was like a 90 minute video that uh, this ContraPoints lady came up with on cringe, um and analyzing like wow. Twitter culture and stuff, and it made this exact same point. Um, but it's it's really fun like this this reframing that actually the the least cool thing you can do is judge other people for being cool. Um all right. How, where, where, where? Do you subscribe to that take? Is there a limit to that take? Because, like, oh sure,
0: like when a billionaire blasts off into space and says "best day ever," and everybody else is down here dealing with not the best day ever. That's cringe.
1: That's pretty cringe. Yeah, There's lack of awareness. Yeah, mm-hmm. of, of other people's condition. For uh, sure, you can't humble brag about <laughs> blasting off to space no. on the power of your personal fortune. Yeah, yeah. Like Tony Stark posing by a corpse of Thanos, throwing a peace sign saying, you know. <laughs> it's just not I don't know. Maybe that gets a million Instagram likes. Oh, I'm sure it does, because um, cringe sells on, on Twitter and out of TikTok shit. So Yeah. Do you think cause I cause I'm trying to 'cause I, I try to think like where do I draw the line? Because like I, I like to be the type of uh guy that's like, well, as long as it's not hurting anybody, right? You know? Sure. But on the other hand, like there are costs to being a fucking weirdo. And I do think that there is like benefits to like knowing, you know, what are the social signals to send out to the other primates that you're I'm I'm part of the pack. I can be trusted with things like mortgage payments and children. And you don't have to worry about me because I'm just a, am just a regular old, <laughs> regular old hairless ape. I got regular old hairless ape, ape tastes and I'm not going to do anything too fucking crazy. But you don't have to do that. But there's utility in being able to at least, you know, do the old uh, uh, handshake negotiation of, of things. And like, I mm-hmm. do wonder, I do worry sometimes that we're losing that. Like, there's so much hyper individual like that. They're like the fact you can't tell somebody, is like, would you just fucking stop being annoying? You're acting you're acting weird. And it's, it's, it's off putting and making people feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like. I think he should be able to say that about, I don't know, sticking your hands on your pants, scratching your ass and then like smell it in the middle of McDonald's like that. That should be something that we can still oh, label as unhygienic. Yeah, I, mean, cringe.
0: That's just unhygienic. Uh, yeah, I, I feel you. It's like, is there is a room to embarrass people for their behavior in, in like, ways oh, that are yeah, constructive? At the karaoke.
1: Oh, yeah. At the karaoke you should have ended at the DJ. He should have been like, dude, yeah, you yeah. can't. I'll play thirty seconds for the joke, right? But I can't do the 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 whole thing because it's 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 not going to be funny, right? Um, so like, who? Yeah, maybe the DJ is a cringe guy, but like, <laughs> yeah, we need to enforce some level of cringe. I think, I think.
0: Well, if we're gonna do it, I don't think DJs are the ones who should be the arbiters of cringe. Take good taste, arbiters of cringe. No, <laughs> although that's Just a hell of a DJ DJs.
1: name, arbiter of cringe. <laughs> oh, cringe arbiter! Hell <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We get the DJs and and the uh, fucking promoters. That's who we need to judge. Uh, What's what's sure the justice? Society. The world would be a better place. I'm sure. Yeah. Um. I wonder, like Jerry. You know, we 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 chronicle his pathetic as patheticness a lot in this podcast. Um it seems like he came around pretty quick to his wife and uh, father-in-law just clowning on him in front of demons. Uh, He's just so, I mean, I guess that's one of the reasons he's so cringe, right? Is that uh, all Beth has to do is point out like, well, you know, Jerry, I have sex with you. Right. And all is right in his world. Right. Right. He doesn't need respect or disrespected or everywhere else. But uh, on the other hand, it's like, uh, yeah, does Jerry, does Jerry need respect? Does he deserve respect?
0: Uh, I think everybody needs some respect to be able to respect
1: themselves. Uh, I don't, I don't know if he deserves it. It seems like it only bum. What I'm saying is it seems like it only bums him out when other people pointed out that he's not respected. Fair. Like otherwise he's just oblivious and it doesn't, it, you know, it's a, it seems like it's a coping mechanism. People around is like, this guy is so fucking, oblivious you can just uh, do anything you want and uh, he just laughs it off Um and he's so lame that you almost have to you, you have to like beat him with a stick once a day just to justify putting up with him because it's like oh that felt good it's really weird and twisted I don't know yeah I mean, this whole episode is weird and twisted Uh don't you feel like since season 4 they tried to kind of talk us into like Beth being authentically in love with Jerry mm-hmm. and it's like yeah. I just don't know that it's working for me Um it, it feels it feels uh Real toxic.
0: Yeah. I mean, when she when she defended Jerry from Rick, right. Which was like, yeah, two seasons ago or something. It's it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, And then, you know, kind of put Rick in his place in the family as like second Mm -hmm. class citizen or, you know, not the guy who's going to run the show. Uh, That felt like a turning point. But you're right. It's like. Is that going to stick? I guess we have a lot of Rick and Morty to go. That dynamic will probably change once or twice more at least.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, we always talk about like, it is kind of realistic for people to backslide, but I also think in relationships, it's also not uncommon for, especially if you haven't been in a lot of relationships with, we know Rick and or uh, Beth and Jerry haven't um, Mm -hmm. to like the, when things get scary or like you start having articulating the thought, Oh God, I think we should break up that that scares you. And they're recommitting, like oh my uh, god, but I'll lose the love of my life. What a blah 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 blah. blah. And yeah. like I I wonder if there's going to be these multiple stages of like oh well we almost bailed, but we didn't. So now we got to be really invested about being in love. And then you know it's it's that yeah, that part's going to burn if you don't feel after. it. Right. It's like exactly, yeah. and it'll just it'll just burn that 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 initial enthusiasm will just burn through even quicker. So for sure, I don't I don't know. Yeah, things it's have like, to change. Uh, like
0: I said, it can't it can't stay stagnant
1: because that's not interesting. Yeah, it's like st- yeah, like stellar stellar evolution. They say that like the sun starts as a ball of hydrogen, and then as it burns and fuses everything to helium, mm-hmm. then the next stage it goes faster and faster until it goes supernova. And yeah. I feel like that's the Smith marriage right now. It uh, it burned through its 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 main sequence of hydrogen round season three. It's currently burning a white hot core of helium. And it's going to fuse that shit, and then beyond I don't know fucking oxygen. I exhausted my <laughs> I no my, my chart of the elements already. <laughs> Does it so. have to do with density? Neon, I don't even know. Get Nia, I don't. I don't know when it's going to go super supernova, but we'll we'll see. Mm. Um, is there anything else we want to talk more about this? Like I said, a lot of the just the Hellraiser stuff is just funny. Like oh, Rick yeah. Building the uh, um, what was the exact? I wrote it down because I thought just the. I love the verbal dexterity um, of like really good BoJack Horseman, where they'd have like a s- couple paragraph long like internal pun rhymes. Those things really, hmm. um, I think, I think are funny. Uh, but I, I know I wrote. T- oh yeah, the aversion conversion inverting reverter. <laughs> yeah, that's the machine. I fucking loved it. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. To yeah. I fucking loved it. And, it. and then it runs on a hundred percent sincerity. Yeah. Uh, do you remember, like, I think 10 years ago when we were doing the Blue Yonder podcast on the first podcast we did, we actually had an episode about, I think, the death of irony that we predicted mm-hmm. like sometime soon, because like the irony has been so pla- and it's been played out for going on decades now yeah. that there'll be a new social movement of like just sincerity. Mm-hmm. And I thought I thought when Mr. Rogers died and like there's all these documentaries and then Tom Hanks did like I thought like we were seeing a, like, you know what? Sincerity is cool. Mm-hmm. And being that kind of like wholesome level of like, no, no dissembly, And just going to say what you mean. And, and what? And then the pandemic hit. And I, I think I think we missed it. I think it's going to be irony for another at least three decades. Yeah. Um, it's like an ironic groundhog came out, saw its fucking shadow. And we got two more generations of this shit. Uh, but I don't know, because like how much more can we just like pretend that it's cool to not care about things and it's cool to have this kind of detached slack jaw effect, like with with the shut back stuff and let people project your insecurities onto it. I I, I guess until enough people are affected by the things that they
0: pretend are not problems <laughs> that they can't be ignored. I
1: I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting when we uh, get over the long ironic winter because we'll we'll wake up to some legit problems that are no longer able to be ignored. Oh, the hangover uh, on the on yeah. the irony uh, binge is rough. It's rough. Lasts a long time.
0: Uh, uh, I will say, I think it's hilarious that he has to hook one of these cinnabites up to that machine because if you look around the room, none of these fucking people, nobody in here, like. Tell me, aside from Jerry, who's in captivity, like they're mm. trying to save, who here is equipped to give honest uh earnestness into this machine? Anybody? Beth? Nobody. The fuck? No. Morty? Summer? Uh, Rick?
1: Hell no. Uh. Uh-uh. Nobody Disney, in this family
0: is honest except
1: for so, Jerry. So what powered it? Because like, that's the thing I want to I, I think what I, I think I know the answer, but I want to see what you think of it. What actually powered this sincerity machine? The pain converter. Oh, it was,
0: I, I, I guess I don't know exactly what you mean. It was one of
1: the cenobites, right? Um, right. But like, I thought when I first watched it, that it was Rick's sincerity that jump started the machine. But I think it's the demons judging him. Is what it did powered it like when the demon said nerd like he said this, in, this insane gotcha. or this this sincere thing and then the demon says nerd yeah uh, and and then I I, I and, think that's what was was happening
0: yeah you're probably right is I mean the machine was hooked up to the cinnabite so it's definitely not like yeah. Rick putting the energy in there but like it, I don't think Rick can keep that up right <laughs> like he he right. would implode if he tried even one more uh little fragment of that earnest sentence
1: well that's why do you think that he meant what he said at the end of the episode that like uh because he's like jerry got to talk to you about something and jerry's like oh there's you don't need to tell me how you really feel and rick's like no 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 this is a one-time thing i am never next time you pull this shit i'm just going to replace your ass and no one will ever do you think that that is because the way they played it where jerry's kind of like oh i i got it captain uh, and then that pain it 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 uh, goes to Rick's face. And that wasn't a face of like, no, Jerry, I'm actually going to kill you next time. It was kind of like a face of resigned to him being right.
0: Yeah. I think the way that Beth feels about Jerry, like he's got to please Beth, right? That's, that's the only thing he really does care about is Beth. Um, and it's hard to get to that in Rick because it's buried so deep, but like he does care about Beth and she cares about Jerry. So you know, that he says those credits don't transfer, but th- they do in a very real way. They have to, because if he cares about Beth, he's going to do what he can
1: to save the people that she loves. OK, if Beth dies. Oh, shit. All bets are off. Does, OK, all bets are off. Well, because I'm like, I think that, that the credits do transfer to uh, Morty and Summer. I think but so. like, yeah, if like Summer, Morty and Beth are all killed. <laughs> somehow sure. uh-huh. and it spares uh, uh, jerry i feel like rick probably does something a little a little special to, to jerry i mean he just Not goes to an way, alternate dimension
0: way. and replaces the family right yeah, like, i guess that's I, true i don't
1: yeah he wouldn't give a shit enough about jerry to go
0: take some kind of revenge on him
1: yeah, that's the. You're right. It's like it'd be like Don Draper. Like I don't even think of you at all. Right. It's like I don't have to worry about any of your shit anymore, Jerry. Uh, unless Jerry's the one that caused all their deaths by being being a dumbass or being malicious. Maybe. But but yeah, you're right. I think you're right. Rick just wouldn't fucking care enough about it. Yeah. <laughs> I. What do you, What do you think about uh, it entering the canon that Jerry shit his pants from eating. <laughs> Too warm a soup on too cold a day. <laughs> uh, okay, As someone who doesn't eat soup very
0: frequently. <laughs> can you explain this to me? Is this? Like, where does the writers' room come up with this? Is this personal experience? Is this completely fabricated? There's got to be a nugget yes. of truth in
1: there, right? You know, you're you're. This does sound like someone trying to justify a time they shit their pants. Yeah, and they're like, they're like desperate. They're like, they're desperate for some justification. They're like. <laughs> dimly remember in elementary school the I don't know if this is real or not like if you it was always the myth the urban legend that the first kid that goes to sleep at a sleeping party you get a bowl of warm water you put their hand in it and they wet their pants right sure I don't know if that's true because it never actually happened that it was always something to talk about but you Mm -hmm. know I never hated my friends enough to do it Uh, but I think it's like one of those where I was like oh well I didn't shit my pants I just ate you know it was super cold outside I ate some warm and it's like you know, when you put your hand in a war and you, it has to be something like that. It's bullshit, <laughs> but what are you going to do? Right. Just say, I
0: shit my pants? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've never heard of this. Uh,
1: they're they're making some shit up. They're telling some tales here in Rick and Morty. Yeah, let's talk about cutting the Chud. Okay. Um, I like this because this is a very keen observational humor that's a real thing. Like, when a new kid comes, um, unless you can immediately sort them into loser or like chat, like, you know, if this kid comes in the seventh grade, and he's six foot two, he's got like a, a fucking Barbie Ken doll, uh, tan and great hair and, you know, uh, store bought brand name clothes, then, Oh, guess what? This kid's going to probably get sorted into the in crowd. Uh, you know, some guy, a kid, you know, shows up looking like, uh, I don't know if I can pig pin from, from the, the peanuts. He's probably going to get sorted into the, the lame crowd. Mm -hmm. Um, but there is those kids that are kind of like, you know, they show up and they're wearing like, I don't know, jeans and a a polo or something and no glasses, no braces, hair, medium cool. And people are just like, you know, what's, what's this kid going to do? It's like the start of Hamilton. Uh, and it captured that. And also if, if you've been an unpopular kid, that that like formed a new friendship with somebody, and it's like, oh yeah, was going to hit off. And then they got to know that you were not cool, and then they left. You, like they turned the the cold shoulder on you. This fucking this part of it felt like really real and thus and thus funny. Oh yeah, I mean, new kid in school dynamics are vast
0: and complicated. Uh, I've been the new kid in school a few times, and it's kind of a it like if I'm Chut, I'm thinking, oh hell yeah, I got I got an opportunity here to define myself anew to these people right cuz look i grew up in a cult and so it, you know that information gets out to your classmates eventually it has to yeah and that's
1: then the thing when that that always happens, hanging over the head
0: yeah it's it's a thing it, you're marked with it right so you go to the new school and you're like oh man i've got an opportunity here these people don't know anything about me I can be whoever no I one, want.
1: It's no one knows I don't celebrate Christmas here. Yeah,
0: right. I, I mean, <laughs> I have at least until one of their birthdays to, <laughs> to be the normal kid in school. That's cool. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, like I was identifying a little bit with Chud here, although he's he's definitely a weirdo in his own right. I mean, it's not the pants that like turned me off about him. It's more like he comes in judging you. Instead of the other way around, I, I don't know what was going on with Chet
1: yeah, just like the 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 ship's litany against him, like he's a sociopathic military brat who goes around the world changing people that don't need changing. that seemed like looking at the <laughs> the wrong end of the telescope. but uh there is something about like, I imagine from Chet's perspective, if you've gone to like four or five schools, you probably the, when you're younger, you've probably had a miserable experience, you know. Like mm-hmm. you accidentally blew some milk out your nose and everyone laughed. And then or like you, you forget, like, oh, God, you know, like all the all the weird pitfalls, like at the end of the stinger of this episode is they find out that Chet or, or Bruce wore pants, this, the same pants twice in a row. Right. Like, that's the <laughs> stupidest fucking Which? like adults, adults hang up their clothes and mm-hmm. wear them multiple times. If you wash your clothes every single time you wore a nice one, you know, like you're you're going to wear your clothes out real real fast. Sure, and they're going to get faded and shit. But like that's a little game we play. We pretend like, oh, you know, we have look at all the clothes we have. We're not poor. We mm-hmm. we we can go at least two weeks before you see us in the same outfit. It's this fun shit. Like and it's it's funny because like I also got a fourteen year old like Morty who's learning all this shit, and I tell him mm. like, hey, you can't go out looking like that. And he's like, why not? It covers all my naughty bits it is appropriate for the climate what's wrong with this father and i'm like well it's it's stripes and it's plaid the colors clash you got brown fucking shoes with a black belt this like and he's <laughs> like what are all these fucking arbitrary but like it I'm is him, it's man. a fucking social landmine i'm with him fuck it who needs it
0: just go out in two two tones of plaid running uh, vertical stripes on your shirt and horizontal on your pants i don't give a fuck I mean, I mean, you'll always, be labeled yeah, a weirdo. You're right for sure. That's what like, he's,
1: That's what he says. And I always say, son, it's about signaling the other monkeys that you're part of the pack. Okay. That's true. And to the extent that you want to do that, the extent that more <laughs> monkeys will accept you as one of their own. Maybe he wants so to be like, a mime. Maybe I
0: mean, if if you dress for the job you want, <laughs> maybe he just wants to yeah. be
1: a mime. Yeah, he wants to be an orangutan among chimpanzees. I guess we'll see. We'll yeah. see how it goes for him. But like all this. And like the way that I also thought it was really funny the way Morty and summer were dealing with him behind the scenes. Like it was something from Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Like they got a high pressure client. Like, Oh my God, I'm flopping out there. Jesus Christ. I'm dying. I'm dying. I need some, I need some fucking oxygen. Yeah. It's just really, really funny. Yeah. That was good. Uh, I didn't get the
0: Allison Hannigan thing. It's why is it Allison Hannigan? Just cause.
1: Yeah. I thought. I don't know. Like I, I, for first I thought, Oh my God, is Allison Hannigan the voice of Rick's ship? And I've just never mm-hmm. realized it. No, that's not the case. Yeah. Uh, did it look like Allison Hannigan? Not particularly. No. Uh, was Allison Hannigan doing an impersonation of it? No, they, I think it's maybe it's a joke that like she was supposed to, be, I, I wonder if it's some, it's, it's gotta be some kind of like inside lore. Um, but I didn't see any behind the episode and I didn't see any of my research, like anybody calling it out. But like, I, yeah, it's was, it was weird. It's was really weird. in relation.
0: Uh, but it felt like they were trying to manufacture some, uh, catchphrases, you know, like, show me what you got. Like, uh, fuck the chat was a pretty
1: good one. Fuck the Chut, cut, this doesn't cut this night. Hey, I want to be honest. I'll try not to express much of an opinion, but this night is not cutting the Chut.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's great. Uh, oh, we got we got our first appearance of a credits sequence. Uh, summer smashing the mailboxes from the ship uh, is one of those things we saw in the, the intro and we speculated about what... Right. Um, so if you had that on your bingo card, throw your red Chet Chut, whatever on it um yeah and then he comes back thought, afterward
0: uh you know you, th- you think that's funny huh and then uh the mailboxes come into in the spaceship and beat bruce to tears on the sidewalk
1: yeah right after right after he went from cool kid to lame and then yeah. he got the the physical beating to go with his emotional one um I just, I don't know. I like Rick ship. This, uh, keep summer safe is one of my favorite plot lines ever. And that call back and how much like the car just like loathes these children. Mm-hmm. Like it gives me a real, I have no mouth, but I must scream vibe. Like this super intelligent sentient car. That's kind of like in this weird, like it's like almost an explicitly psychosexual relationship where she's like, uh, you know listen the only thing the only way i do things is is because rick tells me to and then when she's like i've got to take a shower rick can smell adventure Mm. like that feels like someone who's (laughs) who's you know tightly under thumb and 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 maybe enjoys cucking somebody uh yeah and again just not the show does weird things with sexual dynamics so oh yeah all the time Plus, like, you know, an object can have virginity, right? A doorknob can be a virgin. Not Morty's. (laughs) So do you think Morty has fucked his doorknob? Or do you think that he was trying to make the, like, in front of Chet uh, or Bruce, uh, an aggressive Mm. teenage male sex joke? And, you know, because there's a lot of jokes of, like, I'm so horny that I would. uh, And he just miscalculated with, like, well, this is a. Yeah. This is more of a penetrative object than a penetrating object, and, and, and that's not the vibe we're going for in these ultra-aggressive uh, adolescent male sex jokes. So, I hadn't considered that, but you might be right.
0: Although I thought the oh-yeah stuff was that, too, was like the second layer of the onion being peeled back, but that was not. That's just uh, the lyrics, so maybe not? I I don't know. I give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, it was. I a mean, fucking the doorknob.
1: That's pretty rough. committed. Like, that's if you're talking for... keyhole... That's something, but I mean, if you're talking like how bumping knobs. <laughs> yeah, I don't
0: that's know how that works.
1: It's it, I wouldn't think that I wouldn't make that for my first experience. I definitely, that wouldn't not. be easing into the world.
0: Just the the height alone.
1: Like I don't know what yeah. kind of short ass doors he's. Sidling up to I mean, like, but i'm like six two six three i could probably make that work but like morty's got to get on like a milk crate or something for sure and then
0: you run the risk of the door being opened, the the doorknob being jiggled
1: like, oh my god yeah mom berge, barges right. in on you and suddenly you're impaled and stuck to the wall yeah not good it's a bad scene good. but you get the twisting motion at first so that's probably gives you, do, you a yeah. bit of yeah a little bit of that's uh, what i'm thinking a you lock the before. door you let him jiggle the handle for a while Ah, <laughs> then you're involved. No, God, no. Then you're involving <laughs> other people in your kinks. You know, it's like oh, but they, you but got if, your roommate. That if they don't know, He it. quote unquote, locks himself in his room and then says, "Oh God, guys, I'm <laughs> trapped. I can't help me getting it." Then everybody takes turns tugging the knob, and we know we know what you're
0: doing. Nice, nah, sick, fucks. <laughs> it's all fun and games until somebody goes The Shining. <laughs> we
1: gotta help this kid. Axes you right through your ass. Oh my God. Um. Did you like the Jurassic Park reference? Uh huh.
0: Oh yeah, freezer, your dicks in amber. That's great.
1: But like the uh-uh, because, uh-huh. uh uh because Dennis Nedry. This day is still like uh like I, when when you go to an invalid page on in a bald move website, you configure configured it to where Dennis Nedry comes up and does uh uh-uh. uh. Yep, didn't say the magic word. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. Oh yeah, um, Jurassic Park. Asteroid one of my pod racing. Movies. Asteroid pod racing with the uh, testicle p- pods. Uh huh. As a, that was a unexpected episode one homage. I like that movie less than Jurassic Park, for sure. 100%. <laughs> um, I don't know, like, the, the change former stuff, like... I, It was okay. Uh, I wasn't feeling yeah. that stuff. I don't know, yeah, the car's got to like, get
0: hers, but whatever.
1: hmm mm-hmm. And uh, I thought there was some, like, uh, what I thought it was funny what Chet was saying about... Uh, you know, well, he's a car, or he's a robot, and I'm a car. And he's, yeah, but he's a robot pretending to be a car. Why can't you be a car pretending to be a robot? Um, I don't know. That I th- I thought some of that stuff was going to go places that didn't end up going, and they just, like, sharp turn into um, Rampage and Pandemonium. I did love when the car, like, buckle up bitches were going on a My joy ride. Like the first thing she does is she's trolling an entire solar system Mm -hmm. and you're like, well, that's kind of fucked up. And then she's just trying to catch like a Galactus type (laughs) to kill it, ultimately measure it. And I guess it's too small for a trophy and discard it. Rick ship gets wild, man. Yeah. Uh, It makes you wonder how often they go off the res, like how often has they, have they blasted off of that Rick's permission? um is this like the first time because like what stops the car from just taking off on its own whenever rick doesn't need it
0: it might i don't know we just haven't seen it yet i think it's the first time that uh morty and summer have gone joyriding in the car Mm -hmm. oh for sure um but yeah the car might go off and do her own thing all the time
1: yeah i was wondering it seems like it's the, the fear of rick is in it pretty pretty strongly true but uh I don't know. I, I More more ship episodes. I really like ship as a character. Do you think ship will ever get a name? Uh, No.
0: That's just a wild ass guess. How, uh, how about mini interdimensional cable?
1: I was going. That was my, one of my next topics I want to talk about. They're really teasing us. Um, they sure are. We got we got one, the hot sauce commercial. That's literally just like, that's the thing. It's a hot sauce commercial. You can't tell anything about it. But the uh, world class Olympic uh, divers that can't swim mm-hmm. solid. But I need they, they, they've got to give us an IDC. They've got to. They're they're <sighs> yeah. they're be- they're begging the, the the question on this so hard. that might be the point. I don't know, man. I don't know. I have no faith that we'll get one this year. Yeah, I haven't looked because I've been trying to I know there's a, a leaked episode. I'm trying to keep myself from from watching that because I don't want to spoil myself and fuck mm-hmm. up the podcast. And I've, I've tried to not even look at the episode titles because I feel like that would either make me happier or disappointed. Because I I think that if they follow the convention, the interdimensional cable episodes will be you, you'll be a spot of a mile away from their title. But yeah, yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, another piece of showkeeping they use a portal gun. No fanfare, just in the cold open, just portal doop, 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 jump to the hell bar and uh there is oh. apparently no special thing about the portal gun not being used, being used. Um I didn't get real into the weeds with the with the the um speculations and stuff, but like it feels like that has to be a pretty big blow to the theory crafting. Um, I mean,
0: yeah, if the theory was they're not using the portal gun for a reason, <laughs> Yeah. And then they use it for no yeah. reason. Yeah. That seems pretty big.
1: Okay. Feedback. Uh, it's really easy to send us feedback. All you got to do is send an email to Rick and Morty at baldmove.com and boom, we get it. First up, Jack says, Hey guys, I'm a big fan of the podcast, but I'm curious. Have you guys watched Community the whole way through to the end? Because I bet uh, both shows are somehow carrying the same message. Have you seen Community? Not June? all of it. Uh, I've seen,
0: I don't know, a smattering of episodes here and there. Okay. I thought maybe you've seen a
1: couple of seasons.
0: Um, No, I don't think so. But I
1: have, I'm a big community fan. Uh, Rick and Morty was my entry point to Dan Harmon fandom. But after I got through the first two seasons and like watched every one of those like four or five times, uh, I then got onto community And from there, I got into his podcast and, like, the whole fucking universe. But I, yeah, I've seen every Community episode at least two or three times. Damn. And it is, I don't know about the same message, but similar themes. You know, Harmon's the same guy, and and he's at least half of Rick and Morty. Probably the canonical um, uh, continuity half. Also, they say, on last week's episode, Rick Dependent Spray, do you have any opinion on why Morty would lie to Rick because of his shame? Or instead of his, uh, his shame, I think they've been showing more and more how Morty has outgrown bowing down to Rick. I know you put it down to his feeling shame, but after everything we've seen Rick been through and all the off screen implied shame Rick has uh, identif- had identified to the family, surely Morty wouldn't care about Rick's opinions at this point. I'm curious about your thoughts on the two's current dynamic and if this felt authentic to you. Hmm. Uh, so do you think just because Morty has a lot of inside information about Rick being terrible and doing a bunch of embarrassing, crazy ass things, uh, fucking horse women, fathering illegitimate planet children, uh, that he just doesn't, doesn't care what Rick thinks.
0: I mean, to a degree. Yeah. We've seen Morty definitely stand up to Rick a time or two. Um, and he does it in that episode too. Right. Um, near the I don't know it seems to be one of those things where like at the beginning of a story he'll stand up to Rick and say now fuck this I do my own thing or like I haven't been to school in two years uh you're ruining my life something like that but then by the end of the episode he'll be sort of you know had gone on a journey that blows his mind and kind of back in Rick's palms uh I don't know I don't think it's like inconsistent it's just you know, sometimes you have the willpower to stand up to people like that, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you're embarrassed by the sh- the shit that they talk about you, sometimes you're not.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, when we're talking about fucking a horse jacking machine, uh-huh. and you're a 14-year-old kid, and this is your grandfather, uh, I think... <laughs> I mean, I, I, in I, the real world, Rick, yeah. As Rick as your grandfather, I, I think that uh, you'd still, even if you had a lot of high-quality material over... Because the other thing, the other thing is also is mostly Rick doesn't give a shit. Like if you go hard at Rick um, most like 99% of the time it rolls off his back because he just thinks he's cool and he doesn't subscribe to any of your criticisms. The 1% watch the fuck out because then then you've actually, you know, you kick the the tiger in the ass. You got to deal with the teeth. But I don't, it's like one of those things where it's like even if you had a nuclear arsenal like the size of Russia and you were, I don't know, India or Pakistan, uh, you you still wouldn't go after them because they don't, you know, like like it's like they'd have a missile shield and you don't. Hmm. So I feel like there's still like Rick lording it over his head that, like, oh, what do you know, Morty? You're last I knew you are fucking a horse machine. That's still gonna be mortifying him telling summer. And like the way I mean, think about like Rick, like what he, how he behaves at school. Like sometimes he's like, why hasn't he pants Morty and like pushed him down the stairs? Like imagine Rick coming in a portal gun. Come on, Morty. We got to go a quick in and out adventure. He's Like, come on, Rick. I got it. And he's like, oh, come on. What do you, we got better things to do. You're going to, you're going to fuck another horse jacker. Morty. You want that? You want that going in the cafeteria? I, I don't think so. I yeah. feel like that's pretty mortifying. So yeah well, well, uh, yeah, i'll I'll give that one to Morty all right. let's move on to Spencer. I agree with your assessment of the latest episode of Rick and Morty, so this was Rick Dependent spray. we're still talking about. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very funny, and it was a tad bit of a letdown. I'm trying to f- put my finger on ex- I'm trying to put my finger on exactly where it went off. I think I figured it out. It's the tone from the writing to the delivery of the lines, everything felt off. For example, when Rick is explaining the weapon he's created against the Chuds to Morty, he's speaking very simply, and the delivery of the lines is flat. And normally, that's a signal to the audience that Rick knows what's going on around him. In the Scammers episode, he goes along with the simulation in the same manner of speech. He talks in a simple, flat tone, as though he's not wasting any more brain power than he needs. Mm-hmm. Do you see what he's saying here? Like, yeah. you know, when he's saying, "Like, well, Morty, I'm just analyzing the semen because you know the DNA." It very sounds very similar to how he's behaving in the simulation when they're trying to get the. With, uh, or he's leading you along done? right
0: because he already knows he knows what's up and he's playing with yeah you. or, or getting right. like leading you along the path to admitting the thing that
1: he already knows as part of the show's language is that when mm-hmm. Rick is like this he's being obtuse um, although sometimes it's just a setup of a joke and here, here's here's where I think it's like for example do you remember in um, the episode with the devil uh, Rick full things mm-hmm. um he acts pretty obtuse when Morty's explaining him about the, you can't use the R word anymore. He's like, well, Morty, I'm I'm not saying anything about the differently abled. I'm just trying to express that this would actually reduce my mental capacity. He says an exact same tone because like, it's not Rick being obtuse. It's just Rick not being in on the joke so that the joke can land. And like, yeah. this I feel is the same kind of way. Cause if Rick is like, uh sure, Morty, there's no little boy semen in here. I get what you're saying, wink wink. Well then the rest of the episode's joke to the extent that it is, doesn't land. Right, right. Um but anyway, that's what the they they said it's like my issue with this is it signals to the audience that Rick is in on the joke, just like we've been saying. Hmm. Um this is net but but this is never in uh, what happens. They never it's never a payoff to the setup. At any rate, it didn't work for me. My wife had a theory that this episode is a mashup of three of the writer's worst ideas and previously (laughs) discarded ideas. She thought as a writer's challenge, they took upon themselves to try and stitch a cohesive part, uh, plot of three different bad ideas. Who's explained the Hmm. second grade level writing and bland dialogue. Um, I'm pretty sure we've talked in previous Rick and Morty's where that's literally what's happened, that they've had like two or three like story ideas that they kind of jammed together and they finally broke it. Um, And they've also, I know, listening to the commentaries that Harmon has said that a couple of the episodes kind of escaped before they personally were proud of them or they had a lot of reservations and it ended Mm -hmm. up people loving it. So, like, I wonder if, like, what does it mean to hold an episode until it's hilarious? You know, like if like if you say, like, you know, that me six episode, we were like really fucking nervous because we let that out there and we thought that was the dumbest fucking thing. We were so high when we wrote that episode. It never made sense when you're reading at the table, but we just had to like fuck the studios like we got to start animating They're like all right animate it and then it turned out to be people's favorites like I don't know what 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 do you do when the one the time out of 100 your gut just completely lets you down and you make a bad episode.
0: <laughs> I don't know man I've always found that fascinating with comedy writing because I can see a path to like. Drama where everything comes together and is satisfying and everything makes sense oh. and clicks. But in comedy, yeah. it, it's so like I, I mean, comedy is a subversion of expectations, right? And so once you expect the joke that you've written, how do you then get yourself in the headspace to be subverted by it, to find it funny? How do you not just end up thinking all of your comedy sucks? Like yeah, 10 like, minutes oh my after God, you write it because on the death. Right. You wrote the joke. You've heard the joke. You've thought about the joke. You've laughed at the joke 15 times. It's no longer funny. And yet you still got to put that out into the world and hope that everybody else feels the same about it as you did the moment you wrote it. It's. That seems like a really hard, emotional thing to do,
1: because even if you grant that, like at each stage, it becomes funny and new, like you're sitting at the you're sitting at the uh, writer's table and someone says something hilarious and then you're like, okay, well let's work it into the episode. And someone comes with the way, the perfect way to work it into the episode. And that's hilarious again. And then you see like the rough draft of the visual. And it's like, Oh, okay. I see what they, that's even funnier. And then like, okay, let's get Justin in the booth and see it. And, oh, that, that line, like eventually you're arguing over frame timing of stuff to get it to the final thing. And like, how the hell do you know any of this shit is funny? Like yeah. the 17th time you've fucked with the timing or something like that. I have no idea. Man. I, same way, man, but like the the ability to get in your head, so mm-hmm. like it's kind of remarkable when you see something like Rick and Morty or community or you know the office, any of these shows that just have a ninety plus percentile record of hitting their episodes out of the park yeah, I just that just that's like as as much as you can you can't ask any show to be a hundred percent perfect, so it's kind of amazing that Rick and Morty has had as few like real eggs as they have mm-hmm. that said, I think a lot of people uh, have been on high alert ever since, you know, Justin and Dan got paid the big bucks to do a lot of stuff. And there's been, you know, every, they, they always make, um, there's always headlines made about new hire, writers being hired, but like, that's a sign, man, like, um, good writing rooms get rated for talent. Yeah. You know, a lot of the, the the person like the wrote pickle Rick is now show running her own show. Like that stuff happens, and you got to be able to replace people and um and and usually you know like that like that kind of like show room uh, writers room doesn't really click into a couple seasons in. So like, mm-hmm. I don't I just don't think it's like I see this episode and I saw Dan Harmon's fingerprints all over it. Sure, there's no way he's just kind of like checked the fuck out or is not showing up anymore. Like a lot of people are afraid of, but I think every single time a bad episode happens, you're going to start hearing that because Mm -hmm. it's the meme in the fandom now. So, but anyway, I think that, I think that Rick dependence day was just a bad Rick and Morty. And if they get, uh, I'll start worrying when there's a couple of bad episodes, like two, three bad episodes in a season. And then the next phase of worrying will be when half of them are bad. And, (laughs) Hopefully, by the end of season 10, they'll all be bad and we can stop watching it like with two seasons to go and move on with our lives. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's what we got for Rick and Morty this week. Thank you so much for stopping by and, and uh, spending your afternoon, your evening, your morning to meet with us. Um, I hope you've enge- uh, added to your enjoyment of Rick and Morty this week. Next week, we'll be back with uh, another one. I have no idea. Um, this is... They're, again, they're out of order still. Like this was the sixth one supposed to be aired. It's the fifth one that actually was aired. The seventh one got leaked. Um, I've been trying to stay out of spoilers and stuff, but uh, I, I do know we will have a Rick and Morty episode next week. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it then. If you'd like to send in a feedback, it's at BaldMove.com. Uh Thanks again for stopping by. Until next time, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim.
0: Pickle Me This is distributed and produced by Bald Move. All music featured on this podcast is from the Rick and Morty soundtrack, available from Sub Pop Records. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To discover the many other great shows we do, please check out baldmove.com. If you appreciate what we do and want to directly support us, consider joining our club at patreon.com slash baldmove to get access to exclusive bonus audio and video features. Finally, you can follow us on your favorite social media, at baldmove. See you next time.